0: We've been looking at the heart of the church over the last three weeks. This is week three. I think there might be one to go. Maybe I'm wrong. Today, we were going to look at um, the heart of the church as impacting beyond Sunday, beyond, indeed, beyond this community. This gets to the very heart of who the church is called to be. Um, it has been said that we are the only institution or the only c- community gathering for the sake of non-members. Now, I think that is um, a slight exaggeration, but I like where it's going. Um, a constant reminder that we don't really gather for ourselves but we gather for others. Let's check out this super cool reading from Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. You can see some themes already, can't you? Freedom and slavery. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, and then, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favour with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Is, is this clear enough language? Is, he, is Paul being blunt enough yet? I think he is. For we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. That's pretty blunt too, isn't it? You heard the gospel summarized that tightly. What counts is faith expressing itself in love. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I was still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. The Apostle Paul um, was one, I believe, of the clearest thinkers, the most consistent in reasoning through the implications of the gospel. So he has, as we've said before, he has this wonderful encounter with God on the road to Damascus, and it changes everything. He is a very, very able philosopher and thinker but he now channels all his abilities and all his new convictions into this direction of Jesus Christ crucified and risen again. And he expresses this through his defense of the people of God. So he believes passionately in these little communities that inhabit all these little towns and cities across the known world. And he invests in himself in them in the same way he would have, if he'd remained on the path he was on, he would have invested himself in the temple. He believes the Spirit of God dwells among us. At the beginning of Galatians, uh, Paul, um, look, Just have a look at this. This is the way Paul opens this letter. And it is a beautifully, beautifully simple expression of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that you and I are learning to live consistently with, like Paul did. He was constantly learning what it looked like to live consistently with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. It's a beautiful little summary, isn't it? It's not particularly difficult to understand. Um, here we have reference to the risen Christ. Here we have reference to the one who died for us. Um, here we have a reference uh, to grace and peace with God. Here we have a reference to our sins being taken away, that we would learn to live differently in this world. We would learn to be citizens of the kingdom of God, not simply citizens of earth. It's a very, very simple, clear statement and it's very very important that Paul starts off this way because you know what's happening in galatia people are people who have accepted this wonderfully simple hyper gracious account of god's action have paralleled something else with that they're actually saying We need something more, and Jesus isn't enough. That's where they've ended up, or at least they're close to that. So Paul writes and wants to address this problem. Let me show you how it's happened. Galatians 2.4, some so-called believers there in Galatia, false ones really, who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away Here it is again, isn't it? Take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations. They've come in and they have said, Jesus is not enough. You need to follow The whole Jewish law of Moses. And people are tempted. After all, we like to think that we can contribute to our own salvation, don't we? We like to think that uh, we should do something to earn this. Grace can be very difficult for us to accept And here they are in Galatia, knowing the gospel that sets them free. And when someone comes and says, the core of the law of Moses is that you would be circumcised, they are tempted to hold the two together. We'll accept Jesus. But we'll also accept this whole world of rules and regulations that clearly, according to Christ and according to Paul, was never enough. You know, freedom's a funny thing. And this, I think, gets to the very core of what Paul is talking about in this passage I may have said this before. Um, I'm not particularly embarrassed to say it again. But if you've heard this illustration, it's good the second time as well as the first. An eagle is free when it soars in the sky. A great symbol of freedom, isn't it? I wonder what would happen if I took that eagle caught it got in a submarine went to the bottom of the ocean and released it w- would it be free or would it be dead it wouldn't be free would it and and what if while i was down there i caught a fish and took it 12000 feet up into the air and threw it out of the plane w- would it be free No, it would plummet to the ground and be cat food. Freedom is not and never, ever has been about you being able to do whatever you want to do. It has always, always been about you doing what you were created to do. That is where you will find your freedom. You will find your freedom in being as human as you possibly can. And indeed, that is where we talk of sin as enslavement. It dehumanizes us. Because you and I were created from the very beginning in the image of a perfectly loving God. That's what you were made for. That's what you were created to do. As the eagle needs the sky to be free or the fish the sea, you need the love of God and the freedom. To love all of those around you. That is your ideal environment. That is what you were created for. And that is precisely what Paul is insisting on in Galatians. You want to find your freedom, give yourself away to others. That sounds like familiar language, doesn't it? What did Jesus come into the world and do? He gave himself away for others. The most perfect picture of God that we have ever come across is the person of Jesus. And what does he do? He gives himself away for others. This, my friends, is the one in whose image you were created. This, this is your purpose. It will take courage, it will take faith, it will take your imagination because this is a wonderfully, wonderfully wide invitation. It is far from a bunch of laws that map it all out and say you need to do this in every situation. It is asking you to embrace this reality and imagine your way into it, led by the very Spirit of God into loving our world better into loving God's world. Maybe this is the place that we should start to answer the question, what is the will of God for me? It is that you would be everything God ever dreamt for you, that you would be full and brimming with the very love of the heart of God and that you would share it like God does with the world around you. You think I'm making all this up, don't you? Let's have a look at the end of this passage once again. Galatians five thirteen to 15. You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, be circumcised. No. That's not the core of it. That's not the core of what God has been saying to the Jewish people for thousands of years. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But be warned, if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. It's a potent little warning at the end there, isn't it? What happens to a community following Jesus who don't find ways to express their love for all the world? What if we don't foster that in ourselves? What if we don't find ways to reach out beyond the walls of this community? Well, I must say, I've been around churches for long enough to think they destroy each other. In fact, when I look at churches that are hurting one another, when I look at churches that are not functioning in a way that reaches beyond themselves, I reckon you can predict that there will be infighting within them. One of the best ways for us to be a harmonious community is for us to look beyond ourselves. And indeed, as Paul says here, echoing all of those stories that Jesus told, asking us to be to have love for one another. As he says this, I am utterly convinced he is radically, radi- being radically consistent with this gospel he proclaims. And I think that's our ultimate goal too, isn't it? Surely we are called to live the gospel So if you believe in the God of love who came down and gave himself for you, will you be consistent enough in following this one to also give yourself for those around you? I wonder if that really is the heart of the church. The heart of the church surely above anything else must be Jesus beating in us and expressing the very love of God for the world around us. So on the 9th of March when we get together for afternoon tea um, up at the Ford Playground. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we took this simple opportunity to maybe invite one of your neighbours to come and play with your kids that afternoon? I I would love to meet your neighbours. And I would love to think that as a simple, simple expression of God's love for us, we might be able to love others as well. And that may be as simple as saying, why don't you come and have afternoon tea with us? Jesus, thank you for this church, for this community, for this community of we, as we have expressed today in communion that gathers around you. May we learn from Paul. May we learn from his radical consistency. As we celebrate the gospel, may we find ways to be the same as you, to love the same way you loved. Indeed, to give ourselves in the same trusting attitude as Christ did for others. In Jesus' name, Amen.